0: time to play with pain where sports and inaccuracy collide now here's your host veteran sportscaster and the voice of the international speed fishing championships jet waterhouse Now, brother hello again everybody welcome to the podcast very special episode today protests and sports history who better to join me than the sklar brothers they're sports guys and they're smart about other things, which is not that usual for comedians. First, let me thank my new podcast hosts, StarburnsAudio.com. Home to the Sklar Brothers, Joe Coy, Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith, Matt Bester's over here. So many other great shows. Check them all out. You're going to love uh, You're gonna love them. Also, my stat man, Jeff Cesario's new comedy album, What Was I Thinking?, is streaming exclusively on Pandora right now. Go to at Pandora Music. You'll find it. You guys are savvy. Recorded at the legendary Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Relieve some stress in a challenging time. Uh, I'm told I make an appearance on the album. I didn't even know that. I better get some money for that. Before we get going, time for the Waterhouse Update. Brought to you by Needle & Thread, the Amish Bedazzler. NBA coming back, July 31st, according to that scary-looking white dude who runs the league. Meanwhile, LeBron drove past Laura Ingram like she played for the Rockets. That item sponsored by Ants in Your Pants. Have recipes from your favorite ants on you at all times with ants in your pants. NFL, it's now okay to take a knee, said Roger Goodell, who was dressed in a t shirt most of us wouldn't wear to repaint the laundry room. Drew Breeze went from standing to kneeling faster than a Catholic priest with money on a Notre Dame game. Then Trump tried to call Breeze out And Breeze rifled one right into the third fold of Trump's stomach. That item sponsored by the Hot Dog Ingredients Defense Council. You're cooking them at 500 degrees. What do you care what's in them? Baseball players want a 114 game schedule. The owners want a weekend softball tournament with a keg. Ultimate fighting. Dana White announced UFC 257 will be held at Elon Musk's secret chalet on Mars. Golf PGA said up to 8,000 fans will attend the memorial tournament this year. Black Lives Matter said uh, knock yourselves out. NASCAR. Kevin Harv won the Quick Trip 500 in Atlanta when Denny Hamlet's COVID mask blew a strap on the back stretch, flipped right over into his eyes. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1969, the place Belmont, New York, Jackie Braulio Baeza wins the Belmont Stakes aboard Arts and Letters. Bachelor of Science finished second, and PhD was a distant third. This Waterhouse update brought to you by Glacianine, the eyeglasses that help you see stupidity coming. Okay, uh, with all that's going on in the country right now, it's a great time to take a look at athletic protests throughout the years. Joining me, of course, Randy and Jason Sklar. These guys uh, know something about sports and something about protesting. That's the exciting thing. I picked the perfect guys. So we're just going to rifle through these uh, sports protest guys. I'll tee them up. We'll get some thoughts. They're all over the map. I just pulled a bunch of them. The year, 1968, the place, Mexico City, Mexico. Americans Tommy Smith and John Carlos raised black-gloved fists on the medal podium to show solidarity with civil rights protesters in the U.S. Uh, this, this I don't know about you guys, this had huge impact on me because, man, America got its undies in a bunch over this.
1: It was crazy town. It was crazy town. But uh, I do think it was... A lot of people don't talk about the the fact they took their shoes off. That's another thing. They took their shoes off. And uh, it was applauded by uh, the Japanese, but definitely not a move that other people enjoyed.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you got to remember back then there were just three networks. So uh, literally three rich white guys Mm -hmm. couldn't call each other and go, hey, you know, maybe we don't show that. (laughs) Uh, Now it would be everywhere on Twitter and social media. But back then... Uh, you know, uh, it's, it was, it was a thing that was huge. And, and, uh, and, uh, now you were young, you were very we young a, guys at the time. Did you see it?
1: We and, weren't even a, we weren't even an idea in our parents' yeah. brains, but the, but the truth of it is, is that, uh, I'm sure if it was done today, that
0: young, wow.
1: I'm sure if it was done today, it would, um, the protest itself would not be misconstrued in any way. Mm.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's for sure. All right. Let's move ahead. The year 2016, the place San Francisco, California, Colin Kaepernick and NFL players kneeled during the anthem to protest police violence. Kaepernick said to me, this is bigger than football and it would be selfish on my part to look the other way. Of course, uh, uh, for a lot of the country you'd have thought we found evil transformers amongst our actual automobiles they went uh, ape. they went crazy over this and now it seems to be completely vetted out if you will that it was absolutely um a great way to protest what's going on now now this i'm guessing you guys were born you were born we were alive 16th
1: we were alive in 2016 uh does it shock you i mean how is he not a quarterback in this league right now? They should are they should make him a starter over this. Say we made a mistake. Now we are forcing a team. There are yeah, countless teams it, that could use him right now.
0: Boy, there are several teams that could really use him. Plus, with the uh, NFL uh, now deciding that uh, kneeling is okay, and it was a fine thing to do after kind of essentially just kowtowing and knuckling under and buckling their knees and uh, any other uh, body part that can snap one way or the other, they did that. Yeah. Well, they,
1: they, they're like the people who said, who fought for the whites only uh, drinking fountains, like the last people who held out on those, like how are those people (laughs) feeling right about that? Yeah. Here's (laughs) my this is my solution. We take the most racist quarterback in the NFL right now. Is it Josh Allen, the guy in Buffalo? I mean, is it? We've is it Drew Brees? Maybe you take the the guy who said, and that guy gets replaced by Cap Wow, and that's pure.
0: <laughs> you're going all out. You're a defunding the NFL. That's what you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the year 1967, the place Louisville, Kentucky, Muhammad Ali refuses induction into the army. He was 25, and let's be honest, uh, 25 to 30, they robbed him of his best years. I mean, think about your best years, probably 25 to 30. <laughs> and this guy's an athlete. Uh yet I think the impact huge. Uh he was he was like social media before it even happened. Ali, he seemed to be everywhere. Yeah, you
1: go back and watch his uh, his interviews with Dick Cavett. Like when Dick Cavett came to his training cabin, I think up in Valley Forge. Wow. And and Dick Cavett was like, who do you, what What late night TV do you watch? Or he said, I watch TV at night here. And he's like, who do you watch? And he said, Johnny Carson, <laughs> which was hilarious. Like total dig on Cavett. <laughs> and, then, and then he said, hang on a second. I watch anyone who will have black people on. And he was not afraid in the face of all this intensity. He knew how huge and popular and worldwide he was that he had the confidence to stand up in the face of way more overt. I mean, it's probably the same level, but way more overt racism and just be like, no, I'm not doing that.
0: Yeah. Impressive. He, he was, uh, he was branding before anybody even knew what that term meant. He unbelievable. Plus, I got nothing against no Viet Cong. One of the great quotes of all time, yeah. and he's right. Fifty years later, the joint's a tourist destination. The year nineteen seventy-one. The place Los Angeles, California. This is a, a a little lower on the radar, but I think just as important. Lou Alcinder formally changes his name to Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Now, th- this the Muslim names back then made white people just assume they were going to be overrun immediately within the hour by African tribes. They, sure. they could not comprehend <laughs> that someone just wanted to change their name and base it on their religion. It was mind-blowing to people, especially from a guy like Alcindor slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was a young mainstream athlete. And, uh, you know, th- there was already controversy about Jabbar because the NCAA instituted a no dunk rule, yeah. which was aimed essentially at him and 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 largely racially motivated because the only other guys in the NCAA who could dunk were also black. Right. So I, I think this had some impact. I mean, it was like a horror version of Beatlemania for white people.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Wait, now did he change his name? I don't remember to Lou Alcindor when he was on the Bucks, or did he do it when he came to the Lakers? I think he he
0: did it. Uh, he was still on the Bucks, but he lived in Los Angeles. Got it. Got it. Don't so say- imagine that. Imagine trying to change your name in Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's, that's extraordinarily difficult to do. They try to, um, you know, they, I know you you know the Milwaukee area very well. And I do. Given all the unrest right now, um, that most people in Milwaukee are trying to defund cops, uh, custard. They're actually trying to defund.
0: <laughs> oh no, you don't want to do that. That's no. not the place to defund. That's the, custard. You don't I'll- even want to defat. Uh, Cops custard. (laughs) (laughs) You want to keep it up? The year 1947, the place Brooklyn, New York. You guys know where I'm going already. Dodgers GM Branch Rickey ignores all protests and puts Jackie Robinson in the starting lineup. Uh, Hard to imagine a little bit now what we think of front office people. As, uh, you know, dot-com billionaires who just happened to get into zipline technology at the right time or something. But Branch Rickey kind of laid his ass on the line. It was business. I mean, he knew where it was going. He'd sky, he knew what was coming. But he still uh, he put. And then, of course, Robinson just tough as nails. He took a ton of crap. And yeah. I mean, I'm not talking like uh, Madonna backup singer crap. I'm talking like he took real. He took real crap from fans, other players, opponents, teammates, everybody. Amazing.
1: People say it's one of the most significant uh, moments in all of the civil rights movement. Forget about marching. Forget about anything just as because there's a moment where there are white people rooting for him. Right. It's just you can't deny that you're you. And he was an unbelievable person. And he, you know, as an ambassador for the game, he was kind of the exact person that everybody needed at that moment. He was unbelievable. And yet you still had people who rooted for the Dodgers. I mean, not so much the Dodgers, I think, because that was a Brooklyn team. But you had people out there who were baseball fans who couldn't appreciate what he was doing. Like there were white racist jerks who every time he stole a base were probably like, see, see, he's stealing, like bringing up something, trying to connect something horrible like that, which is despicable. And you realize again, when you look back on history, which side do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the right side of history or the wrong side of history? All the people who fought against it now seem like dinosaurs and seem like assholes.
0: Yeah, there, there's a high uh, asshole contingent now. Uh, uh, they seem to have representatives at every level of government. Yes. Uh, uh, but but I, apparently everybody needs representation. Yes. <laughs> the year 1936, the place Berlin, Germany, Jesse Owens wins four gold medals at the Summer Olympics, smashing any notion of German white supremacy. Now, this is a true protest in this sense. Owens and, and oddly enough, Jackie Robinson's older brother, Mac Robinson, uh, finished one two in the, in the 200. And of course, uh, uh, Owens swept four gold medals in the sprints. They could have boycotted as uh, several countries and other athletes did over the anti Semitism, but they went and they said, Let's just take our shot and run. And uh, boy, Hitler swallowed so much pride, he gained 80 pounds.
1: He did, he gained it all in his mustache. I mean, and that's all, also- hey, yeah. That is, you're putting a lot of weight in that one tiny little block. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, he, yeah, he ate a lot. It, it was fun to watch him eat all that crow. Because yeah. basically his entire basis is that we are better than other races. And we will prove it to you right oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to love yeah. Jesse Owens, man. Stick it to him. I mean, I I, I'm sure he that must have been the most fun ever for him to just destroy like you almost wish he would have turned around at like in the hundred yard dash at like 90 yards and run backwards. Like what? What?
0: Yeah. Where where (laughs) are you? Nowadays, that would happen. If it were Usain Bolt, you would would see something like that. But back then, you just had to settle for the satisfaction of knowing that Hitler couldn't look at a cup of black coffee for three years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The year 1967, the place Boston, Massachusetts, Catherine Switzer, despite attempts by race officials during the race to stop her, became the first woman to run in and finish the Boston Marathon. It's almost impossible to conceive of a time when people wouldn't let a woman run in a race. It's it's crazy.
1: To be honest, Rosie Ruiz then set that back a nice chunk of time as well when she took the subway. Took the. Yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah, Switzer must have been in her in her house, just going, "What the hell are you doing?
1: Look how hard I worked, and you're ruining it." Rosie yeah. Ruiz said, "I would have gotten there faster if the guy took my ticket in enough time." Uh, yeah, and
0: let alone the marathon, which, if you think about it, you're running twenty six miles essentially to kill yourself it's yeah. it's it's kind of a let her run and, and see what but to see an old pot-bellied boston guy try to tackle an in-shape uh woman uh charging down uh, a boston common is is pretty hilarious this one you guys will like this is right in your wheelhouse uh this one's a special one just for you guys brought to you by mona visa get an enigmatic passport picture everyone will talk about. At Mona Visa, the year 1969, the place St. Louis, Missouri, Cardinals outfielder Kurt Flood filed an antitrust suit against Major League Baseball that said being owned by a team was tantamount to slavery. Mm -hmm. He wound up losing at the Supreme Court level, but his actions completely uh, blew apart sports contracts and hiring as they were known and completely changed them to the to the model that people are following today. You got to be proud because you guys are Cardinal fans. Every,
1: every player today should donate part of their contract to Kirk Flood's family. Um, that is what he stood up for and what he fought for. And it was hard on him. It was very hard on him after that, but like, come on, man, that, that is huge, especially in a city like St. Louis, which that's our hometown. Yeah. We love St. Louis, but not exactly the most racially tolerant city. So the fact that it was a a black athlete, an African-American athlete, who stood up for what now white athletes and free agency, they can appreciate. I mean, he did it for everybody. He didn't just do it for the black athlete. He did it for everybody.
0: Yeah. And to think that it was one guy. One black guy who decided instead of raising a fist or locking arms or taking a knee, I'm going to study law and file an antitrust suit. (laughs) That is the driest, uh, but probably most effective form of protest. Maybe out of all of these. That's impressive.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: The year 1976, oh, talk about under the radar. The place, New Haven, Connecticut, two-time Olympic rower Chris Ernst leads a protest against Yale's lack of athletic facilities for women, which led to Title IX, which totally changed yep. collegiate sports.
1: She, Title IX was, uh, we did a sketch on cheap seats about um, <laughs> Title Eleven. Uh, where Zach <laughs> said he wanted to be able to play his character wanted to be able to play women's sports so he wanted to reverse it and be counted in the female at title 11 <laughs> but title nine is and was the greatest thing because it doesn't just affect it on the college level it affects as you lead up to it so if there are college sports as a way for women to get scholarships to play yes. to college then when they're 9 and 10 they're playing soccer and they're playing volleyball and they're playing softball and you get them in these leagues it like changes not just the years you're in college but all the years leading up to it and create confident cool young women who, you know, I, do you remember that old Dove commercial that they did a couple of years ago where they asked like a nine-year, a 10-year-old girl, like, how does a girl run? And she's run like- Run like a girl. Yeah, run, like, run a girl. like a girl. She's like, you mean like this? And then she just starts running. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Not even running it. And, and it just completely misses what, what was there. And so I think Title IX has a lot to, and had a lot to do with that.
0: Yeah, completely altered that whole thing and, and just blew apart- society and the way we look at women i mean there may not be uh, a u.s world champion women's soccer team without no. those kinds of 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 moves by completely uh, talk about under the radar they're under the table that the radar sits on yeah. chris ernst i mean yeah, that, chris, that's amazing
1: thank you chris ernst and maybe Sort of opened the door and they allowed the Nancy Liebermans of this world to get rid of the clients. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the year 2014, the place St. Louis, Missouri, and right in your breadbasket, guys. Five St. Louis Rams players took the field for a home game with a hands up, don't shoot pose used by protesters of Michael Brown's killing in Ferguson, Missouri. This was only 2014. Let's be honest. We've been talking about it. The NFL, uh, they're the Johnny-come-latelys. These guys threw it right back in their face. That had to take some guts. A big deal uh, for NFL. For, I mean, look at the NFL. Look, look, look how they appro- took them three years to take a backwards step on taking a knee. This was huge in the face, right in the face of the NFL. Yep, in your hometown, and
1: and you think about you think about how nimble the NBA is. We talk about this on our podcast all the time. The NBA let people wear "I Can't Breathe" Eric Garner shirts. You know, they encourage wow. encourage their players to stand up and to make statements and to be politically active. Whereas the NFL, for so long, squashed it, and that was a perfect example. These players. You know, and I, I would argue that there probably is a little truth to St. Louis. You know, Stan Kroenke moved the team, so it's not really about that. But I wonder if St. Louis, the fact that it doesn't have a new team, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they can support that. Here's how much the NFL doesn't get it when it comes to players voicing their opinions and whatnot and being able to voice what they say out there. Like the NFL would turn to its players and say, shut up and dribble. That's how much the NFL doesn't get it. Yep.
0: <laughs> yes. Out of all the uh, uh, professional sports leagues, the NFL is the one uh, that should uh, turn and walk out of the rally like the Minneapolis mayor, just in complete shape.
1: Yes. Well, think, think about it from a comedy standpoint. Like what if clubs like shut down comedians because one table was offended in the back corner? like, no, right. The free room. If you're offended, then leave and get out or stand in the lobby until they're done and then come back in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's...
0: Go watch a professional lacrosse. If you don't yeah. like what you see, the product you're seeing on the, on the floor of the field. Absolutely. Okay. Look at this one. This is amazing. Oh, another one! I'm going to have to sponsor this one because it's right in your wheelhouse, guys. Uh, this one is sponsored by Throwbacks, the e-cigarette you light with a match. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, the year, <laughs> the year 2015. The place. Look at this! I didn't even plan this. Columbia, Missouri. Thirty members of the Mizzou football team boycott games until their school president resigned over widespread discrimination on campus in addition to some very specific incidents um again right now talk about the heartland i yeah. mean that is dead center of the country and and they had the guts at a time when you know the ncaa may be the only organization more screwed up than the nfl when it comes to stuff like this and uh, these kids just stood up and said uh, uh we're, we're making a stand
1: it's hard for ncaa players to organize remember they were almost had a union those guys from northwestern almost like helped start a players union which i we are 100 percent for but the ncaa doesn't they're the only workers as we are about on the precipice of are we going to have an nfl season coming up we don't know if we are excuse me an ncaa season coming up and the workers are the ones who aren't getting paid the ones who will be at risk they're the ones hitting each other and they have no voice. So the fact that they organized and did this is should show NCAA players that you can organize.
0: Man, I hope so. I hope they get that whole thing screwed up and uh, and uh, unscrewed up and taken care of. You guys know what I mean. There's probably a term for that that you guys are aware of that I can't remember. Sorted out. That's yeah. the term I was looking for. I know yeah. it's a simple one, but sometimes they elude me. Uh, well, look, that that is just uh, probably a dozen. Of, uh, some of the more incredible uh, sports uh, protest moments uh, throughout history, some of them uh, visi- visibly with tremendous impact, some of them way under the radar, but just as impactful on a very special episode of, uh, of uh, Play With Pain here, uh, brought to you by uh, Incognito. You'd never guess we're plumbers. And, of course, Buster's Heavy Beer, twice the carbs and triple the malt of dumb regular beer. Get fat fast with Buster's. My guest today, the amazing Sklar Brothers. Look at that. They just riffed uh, incredible knowledge on this stuff. Uh, amazing. Follow them on Twitter at Sklar Brothers. You guys got Instagram and uh, what else is cooking? You got Sklar Bro Country over. Uh, what What's going yeah, on, hey, guys?
1: So we're on Instagram. Uh, We're at Sklar Brothers again. We do a daily podcast called called Sklarbro Country, the virus edition, where we take 30 minutes out of the day to just take the two craziest stories that we saw and usually related to what we're all going through right now but in a light way that gives you a chance to kind of take a moment that we are not watching craziness on the news and whatnot it's just a chance to take a moment so you can recharge and get back up and join the fight and then we do uh view from the cheap seats our sports comedy podcast of which uh chet waterhouse has was was our end of the year episode and and chet will be back maybe we'll even get chet's friend jeff cesario to come on that show uh and uh we do dumb people town. So a lot of stuff going on. We've we've increased our workload. And I will say this I look forward to the 13th protest when people protest your protest episode that we were on. Yes.
0: <laughs> Just marching in the streets, chet, more yes. laughs, no seriousness. What are you thinking, Chet Waterhouse? Huge signs written on the back of a refrigerator box. Because nobody wanted to spend the time to get good poster board. Uh, Jason, Randy, Sklar, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and follow my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario, his album, What Was I Thinking? Streaming now exclusively on Pandora. Go listen and laugh. Available for pre-order, whatever the hell that is, starting Wednesday. Thanks to all of you for listening and thanks to my new hosts, StarburnsAudio.com and uh the scar brothers i'm uh, i'm attached to them over at the starburns place when i get over to the physical plant i'm gonna i'm gonna see how it all lays out uh listen if you want more of me this week guys i'm actually calling via satellite the tour de ecknarf which is the tour de france pedaled backwards that's an interesting event this is chet waterhouse reminding you to play with pain